1: episode 271 of real life ghost stories and i have two spooky stories for you today and the last story comes from february the 21st 2023 and story number one comes from juniper my dad has been working on cleaning and renovating his house for years this is the home i lived in from the ninth grade until i graduated college and moved out he often brings me stuff that he wants to get rid of and that i might want to keep I have received clothes, pictures, knickknacks, etc. A few years ago he brought me some of my diaries that he had found when clearing out my old room. Mostly they were filled with short accounts of my day-to-day life and the ups and downs of friendships and crushes. Reading my own wildly vacillating feelings, I could only shake my head at my younger self. Literally one day I loved this boy and the next day a different one. One day a fight with a friend was the end of the world, the next day we were best friends again. Oh, the teenage heart. Overall, I was a pretty boring, nerdy kid with nothing too astounding to recount, until I found one standout entry. When I read this, some long forgotten memories started coming back to me that were frankly kind of disturbing. I've heard of people having repressed memories from traumatic events, and I believe that to be a true phenomenon, but I never expected it to happen to me. This is the diary entry as I wrote it in the 8th grade. July 9th, 1999 Last night I felt someone, maybe him, in my room. I was lying on my brother's bed because he was away and I could sense it behind me, but I didn't dare to turn around, so I ignored it. Seeing as he wasn't getting any reaction, he ran his fingers down my back, and it sent shivers up my spine. Still not wanting to turn around, I just scooted forward. Persistent as he was, he started breathing in my ear. I remember wanting to turn around and smack him, but my want not to turn overpowered it, so I just covered my ear with my hand and shut my eyes. I could sense that he was still there, though. Finally, seeing he wasn't going to get a rise out of me, he left. Just like that, he was gone. But he left behind his handiwork, however, where he touched my back. It gave me trouble all night. If I lay in one position for more than ten minutes I had to move, it was one of my worst nights in a long time. Back to tonight. It's pretty wonderful. It's raining and there's a lightning storm going, but not as strong as it was when I first started writing. The small of my back is killing me, not literally, of course. My neck isn't helping the cause any either. I saw the faculty tonight. Not the kind of movie you want to see before you go to bed. That's why I'm up writing. My mind's pretty much off of it now. But I'm going to go to try and get some sleep. Bye. Some points to make. Number one, I would have been excited to lay on my brother's bed because it was bigger than mine. I had a twin size and he had a full size bed. Also, just to piss him off. Number two, I'm saying that the touch of this entity caused me physical pain that was still enduring 24 hours later. Crazy. The backstory is that I had a friend at the time who deeply believed she was haunted by a demon that would attack her and torment her. This is not something I ever forgot but my own encounters had been completely blotted from my mind. I was sceptical as to the reality of her experiences and wondered if she was telling me about her attacks for attention or sympathy as I do not recall seeing any marks on her body. But I 100% believed that she believed everything was happening to her. I tried to be supportive and comforting to her, while confused and unsure about what was actually happening. We were always intrigued by the paranormal and loved spooky things, but we were mostly just normal, kind of geeky kids. We had fun together and participated in science and academic clubs at school. We weren't dark, gothic teen girls seeking out contact with the other side or anything, so there was no obvious reason for a demon to be attached to my friend, I thought. But she did have a traumatic past, as she would come to share with me some pretty awful things that she had experienced as a child. But that is her story to tell and I will not elaborate here. What I recalled after reading that diary entry was that within that first year of learning that my friend believed an entity was haunting her in her home, I sometimes felt a dark presence when I would sleep over there. We once thought we saw a shadow figure out her window in the yard at night. She told me to ignore it, then it wouldn't have the power to do anything. I do not think any closer contact occurred with me while I was in her house. But I would sometimes feel this presence in my own bed at night. I don't remember how many times I felt this entity at my back, but after reading that diary entry, I can recall that incident more clearly than any other. Although honestly, I still feel slightly removed from it. It's like something that I observed rather than felt. But I can tell from the way that I wrote about the experience that I was truly frightened and unable to even look at the presence I felt. In a way, I'm glad my mind was able to compartmentalise that fear because I have not been haunted by that encounter. I know others are not always that lucky. Throughout high school, occasionally my friend would tell me about this demon harassing her in her home. However, my family had moved into another house after that diary entry was made and I don't recall having any further contact with whatever this was myself. I would note that my home was less than 100 yards from my friends at the time of that diary encounter. Then we moved several miles away. As my friend and I entered college, the demon wasn't discussed anymore. But we had gone away to college and if that entity did exist then perhaps the physical distance caused it to move on once it no longer had daily access to its victim. Honestly, if I view this rationally as an adult, I see how my friends' stories and distress could have simply influenced me to experience this presence and even caused me to have my own perceived interactions. I think the mind is extremely powerful and especially my hormonal teenage girl brain could have been susceptible to the emotional influence of my good friend. However, There is an argument that could be made for proximity allowing this entity to reach us if it was something bound to that house or to that land. I do not wish to reveal any details to identify myself or my friend, mainly because we are no longer in each other's lives, and I do not know that she would want these stories told. When we were friends, I know she did not share this part of her life with Manny, and not even her parents'. Also, I know she truly had some traumatic experiences happen to her when she was very young, which may have caused her to invent this evil spirit as some coping mechanism. Or perhaps because she was a troubled soul, this demonic presence sought her out as a target. Whether real or perceived, reading that passage from my old diary about my encounter with a dark presence was quite shocking to me. As I began to recall things that I would have denied ever happening had you asked me about it the day before. Another event that happened to me while I was at this same friend's home unrelated to this demonic presence is something that I've never forgotten. We were laying out in her yard staring up at the stars one night. I think it was during a Halloween party where we did not have alcoholic beverages or other mind-altering substances for the record. We were looking up to watch for shooting stars or anything interesting when some of the stars began to move. Like they had been stationary as stars usually are And then some of them started to dart around the sky. It was so bizarre. I remember asking my friend if she was seeing this. I just remember her laughing like this was the most enjoyable thing that could be happening. I felt amazed, not scared. I tried to rationalise that it could be some military operation or training, but honestly, the speed with which these lights moved across the sky and the way they bounced around seemed so alien. Like, aliens. It felt like this went on for a long time, maybe 30 minutes, but honestly, I have no idea how long we actually witnessed this. In fact, I can't remember how it stopped exactly, but I think the lights, three or four separate ones, finally flew out of sight in different directions. As I am writing this, I'm actually listening to the Imaginary Friends episode number six. I bounce around between the old and newer episodes. Talking about remembering things, my own child said something super creepy when he was around five years old. I was telling him what a slip and slide was and how much fun we'd had as kids with the one at my cousin's house. My son said, I remember that. I laughed and said, you weren't born yet. How could you remember? He answered right away. I can remember watching you from heaven. Mommy's heart clenched a little. I do believe that our souls exist before they are in our physical bodies in the womb. So this really made me feel like that is true and think about how that veil between earthly life and spirit life is thinner for children. I think, Juniper, you've raised a very astute and important point about the paranormal. And I sometimes think particularly in relation to demonic encounters or so-called demonic encounters, Is it possible that the trauma that your friend had experienced caused her to invent this evil spirit as some sort of coping mechanism? And I guess the the way to sometimes look at that is sometimes people will invent something like this without even realizing they're doing it. Because you need something tangible to blame, to see as the destructor of your life particularly when maybe the real destruction or the real trauma came from someone in your life who is meant to protect you or love you. And then, of course, you know, as you rightly pointed out, maybe because she was vulnerable, she was a troubled soul, as you said, that this presence sought her out as a target. Like, which way does it work? And just to throw another possibility into the mix is it like a tulpa type situation where you create this entity by the energy that you put out into the into the world essentially but I think Juniper what you pointed out is kind of what's the most important thing and that is that regardless of what this entity was or how it came to be whether it was psychological whether it was paranormal whatever your friend 100% believed that these things were happening to her and therefore to her, it was 100% real all of the time. And that's the important bit. And it was real enough that for you, you had experienced the entity at night time or an entity at night time that, as you said, ran its finger down your spine, left you in pain. You could feel it breathing in your ears, so you covered your ear And you wouldn't have remembered that if it wasn't for the diary being given back to you again by your dad. I mean, I would rather eat my own face than read my diary, I think, from when I was a teenager. I think I would be absolutely mortified (laughs) if I had to read my own diary. That'd be haunting enough rather than anything else paranormal. Can we just gloss over the aliens quickly? and quietly although I did go to see Asteroid City last week the new Wes Anderson movie and uh, the alien in Asteroid City was one of the best aliens in film that I have ever seen but hearing those stories about things that you think are stars shooting around the sky at sort of inhuman speed it just scares the bejesus out of me I love that you are both just lying there being like lol this is amazing because I'd be like digging a hole to bury myself in and these stories about little kids saying freaky shit like that I mean I can remember watching you from heaven all that stuff and the amount of stories that we've had over the years of of little kids who know things they shouldn't know or who say freaky shit I mean is there is there any refuting the fact that children are just freaky and they live these past lives I don't think there is okay now it's a fact
0: if you're looking for plump lips that last you need to know about Juvederm lip fillers Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today.
1: And story number two comes from Nicole. Once when we were sitting in the living room of our old apartment building, my husband got very nervous and told me not to freak out. But there was a bald man sitting on the couch next to me. I didn't see him but I somehow saw his reflection on our TV screen. When we were living at our last house, we had quite a few encounters that were definitely paranormal. It started out simple. Once my kids were in the front yard playing and I was in my bedroom, which wasn't far from the front of the house. I heard one of the kids say, Mommy? In a sing-song way. And when I went out to the front, the kids said, What? And I asked them who called me turns out none of them did we had a running joke in the house that the house was haunted by burnt face thomas and i don't even remember where that name came from anyway if one of the kids would get spooked they'd say go away burnt face thomas one day my husband was trying to reignite the furnace in the hallway and a huge plume of flames shot out and singed his eyebrows and eyelashes After that, we stopped joking around about burnt face Thomas. When we first moved into that house, our second oldest daughter was three or four. Later, when she was about seven or eight, she told us that ever since we had moved here, she would sometimes see an old grandpa-looking man bent over her bed, watching her sleep. She said she didn't get scared because she thought it was my grandpa checking on her. The man she described didn't sound like my grandpa. The freaky part now that I've been listening to the podcast so long is that when she described him, he was wearing a dark coat and a hat. I think the hat man was visiting her, but she was never scared. She is sort of a badass. I have more stories about our time in that house, but I'll end my letter with my favourite story. A couple of years ago, my husband took me to see a medium, Cindy Kaza, who was appearing at a club in a nearby town to do readings. We went hoping to be connected to my dad who had passed away, my grandmother whom I was very close with growing up, or my nephew who had recently passed. As we were sitting in the audience, the medium was talking about a blonde young man in our general area that had passed suddenly of questionable causes and that he wanted to let his loved ones know that he didn't mean to go, that it was an accident. While the medium was speaking about this young man that sounds just like my nephew, the table over says... Oh, that's our friend so-and-so. And the medium says the person that passed away confirmed that it was him. So I got a little bit bummed because I thought it was my nephew coming through. My sister told the family that my nephew had passed away in his sleep from the flu. But we knew him to have long battled with addiction. And while he did have the flu at the time, we wondered if other things may have contributed to his sudden passing. Cut to the end of the show. Nobody came through for us. As we were about to leave I tell my husband that my back is super hot and I'm about to stand up when the woman near me stops and says in a shaky voice Um, I don't know why this is happening to me but I have seen a young man with very short blonde hair sitting next to you this whole show just smiling at you with so much love in his face. His hand is on your back and he wants me to tell you that he loves you and to please make up with his mom so you can be there for her. I immediately started to cry, and the woman says she's sorry, but she could see him the whole time and he was somehow speaking to her, and he just wanted to get through to let me know that he was with me and he is okay. I haven't completely made up with his mom, but I did call her to let her know that he came through and that he is okay. Nicole, I love how casual that first paragraph was. Once we were sitting in the apartment, saw an old man, but only saw him in the TV reflection. That is like straight out of a horror film. Holy moly I would love to know how the ghost in your household got the moniker Burnt Face Thomas, because that is a serious ghost nickname right there. And how badass is your little one being like, yeah, I just used to have an old guy that used to come into my bedroom, but it was fine. I wasn't really scared. I mean, we all need to take a leaf out of, out of that little girl's book for sure. I always find it amazing when I read these stories of people who have lived in like haunted houses or apartments or whatever, and they're just so blasé because you somehow end up getting used to these really strange paranormal things happening and I'm just fascinated by it and as you guys know like I have such mixed feelings about psychic nights I have been to quite a few I went to one in Canterbury in a spiritualist church in Canterbury and my kind of thinking was that I was going to make content out of it but then I just felt really I don't know I felt really like It was unfair to make content out of an event that people went to to receive closure to kind of deal with death of their loved ones to deal with grief and it felt a bit unfair to do that. And at that event I witnessed some, like there was nothing that was said to me that was particularly interesting or that that made me think or anything like that. But I did witness other people having pretty crazy experiences while there and... It sounds, Nicole, like you received a very specific message at this event from this person, from this woman. And it sounds like she was kind of as shocked by what was happening as you were. But it also sounds like you got some some sort of closure from it. And that regardless of your relationship with your nephew's mother, you know, family relationships aren't always easy. But regardless of that relationship, you were still able to call her and give her some closure too, which is pretty amazing, really. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Juniper and Nicole for sending in your stories. Remember, the last story came from February the 21st, 2023. And if you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast at gmail.com. You can also check out the website real life ghost stories podcast.com. and if you are desperate for extra content, you can subscribe to the Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you can access heaps of extra content as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad-free. And on that note, I should see you next time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.
0: Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands.